Welcome to another episode of the University of Washington's Thrivecast, the podcast designed to help School of Medicine faculty thrive. I'm Trish Critic, and today we're joined by Dr. Michelle Terry. Dr. Terry is a clinical professor in the Department of Pediatrics, and she leads the Success for Underrepresented Faculty program, also affectionately called SURF, as part of her work as the Assistant Dean for URMS, or Underrepresented in Medicine and Science Faculty Career Development. I actually invited her here today, though, because she is the person with the best network that I know of. And I wanted to talk about networking. And Michelle, you're like amazing at it. So I thought it would be great to invite you to join us today and talk about how to how to do that. So thank you for joining. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to be here. And I'm happy to talk about uh, what I do, which is kind of, you know, meet people and I'm interested in what they do and how they do it and then kind of follow up if I need to. I love that. So, okay, we're going to talk about how to network in a little bit, but but before we do that, I think the first question that people might be interested in is like, why? Why should they network? Why is it an important skill for folks in our community to be able to network? So let, let's talk about that first. Like, what what do you think? Why? What's the reason for, for developing some skills around networking? Well, I, I might say networking, or you might say networking, and I say making friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And there's, you know, lots of, uh, I guess, lyrics around, you know, the importance of having friends and right up there with having love in your life. And they're closely related. Um, A little bit about me. uh, I am an only child. Uh, My parents were married 13 years before I was born. I used to come home from preschool, kindergarten, first grade, asking for a brother or sister. And they (laughs) said, nope. That's not going to happen. Um, you better go out there and make some friends so you won't be lonely. Oh my gosh, that's such great insight. So <laughs> this started when you were very young. You had to go out and meet folks. Absolutely. And uh, we uh, went to Catholic church and school. And so all of my friends, classmates had one to nine siblings. So <laughs> it wasn't that difficult, but I really had to think even if I wasn't thinking about it when I was that little, I had to be intentional about it. So yeah, I think that that intentionality is exactly the thing that I want to talk a little bit about. So um, I do think we meet people and we become friends with people because of serendipity and things that are going on in our lives. And kind of making those connections sometimes takes some intentionalities. For, For some of us, it's more natural than others. So maybe you could talk a little bit about some of those strategies that you use with intentionality to try to make some of those connections, friendships, network, all those kind of words. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the first important thing is just showing up, right? So I think there's all kinds of people we work with, you know, in our divisions, in our departments, in our schools, in the Health Sciences Center that we know of or we would like to get to know and their talks every single week of something of interest and so now that things are opening up again post-pandemic shutdown I'd say just show up show up at that talk show up at that reception show up at that dinner and um, see what's happening it does take some activation energy to say oh I need to go But once you're there, you're saying, gosh, you know, nine times out of 10, you don't say, gosh, I really regret going. You're saying, gosh, I'm so glad I came. I met, you know, so many people. The talk was really interesting. I learned so much. And um, 
I think that's the start. So number one is show up. And I think for all of us, many of us are are tired and have lots on our plates, but maybe prioritizing a few of those things that seem particularly interesting to actually go. And I love your message of like, pretty much always once you get there, you're like, oh, I'm glad I came. So, okay, show up. That's the first one. What else? All right. As another thing to kind of think about is like, um, you know, once you're there, think about, well, I'm going to make a comment. And, you know, sometimes you think, well, that's just, you know, really spontaneous. You know, the, the speaker says something very insightful or inspiring or provocative, and I'm going to raise my hand and uh, come up with a question on the spot. And hardly does it work like that unless you're very familiar with the topic or very familiar with the speaker. So if you make the intention to ask a question, if given the opportunity to do so, it makes your listening that much more precise mm-hmm. and um, not to kind of overthink things and not listen while you're coming up with your question. However, um, it it makes, if you do have an opportunity to ask a question, then you get a chance to engage. And then that's another touch point and say, oh, I remember so-and-so asked me that, that question. I don't really know how I, if I understood what she was asking, but <laughs> but she but she asked it nonetheless. <laughs> I like both parts of that. So thinking about what how you might engage with the content and thinking of that question you might ask, and then maybe having the bravery to stand up and ask that question and, and kind of put yourself out there a little bit Mm-hmm. is another way to to kind of further that connection or make a connection. I, I very much appreciate that. Um, for some people who are more introverted, that might feel uncomfortable. So do you have advice for folks who kind of tend towards more introverted? Because I'm going to guess you're more naturally extroverted. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I never thought of myself that way because I'm very content, you know, sitting at home, reading a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, If I have four hours in the afternoon, that would be wonderful to me. I don't have to play golf or go hiking or or do anything but read. So I I don't really think of myself as an extrovert. But when I'm around people, I'm really interested in um, who they are and what they have to say. And I perhaps express that to them in person, face to face. However, one can do that virtually, say, for example, someone in your division or department or school, you know, is recognized with an award or um, a speaker uh, recognition or, you know, just got back from a vacation, you can send them an email and say, oh, we're so glad you're back from your vacation. How is everything? Or, or you know, congratulations on your award or... I really, you know, enjoyed your talk at Grand Rounds. You know, have you met so-and-so? And it could be virtually or via the literature who does, you know, something similar. And just taking, you know, that time to send an email and not expect a response necessarily. But if you do get a response, you say, oh, then it might be a little conversation. And then the next time you meet that person, it's, you know, a little easier to talk to them. I love, uh, there's so many things in there. So one is, I think in at the beginning, you said, you know, be interested, be curious about the folks around you. And I think I see you model that all the time, just being curious about the people in their lives around you. And I think that, you know, it's affirming to the person that you're curious about them. So that's the first one. I really like the idea of like, if it feels not as comfortable to kind of go up and chat with somebody, because that's not maybe in your wheelhouse quite as much. An email is a, a way you could express 
interest, try to make a connection. And I think that curiosity about something that just happened is a great way to do it. And then I really appreciate like, if you hear back, then follow up and start to continue that conversation. And, and all of those seem like really great pointers. I will say the random emails that I get where somebody just reaches out, I, I find them to bring joy to my day. So I very much appreciate them. And I suspect most people do, I think. Um, and they're an opportunity. So I, I really like that strategy. It seems like that's also a strategy that could work. You know, I think the last few years have been particularly hard as in the setting of the, you know, particularly early phase of the pandemic, we were kind of, our worlds got smaller. And I think of the people who kind of joined UW Medicine in the, you know, during the pandemic, it's been really hard to figure out how do you meet people? How do you build that network? So you've given some ideas already, but do you have any other thoughts of kind of strategies for the times that we've been in recently and that we're kind of emerging from, but I think you could imagine if you were new here, you might feel kind of behind and, and starting to meet people, build, build networks, find friends as you engage here. Yeah. So I, like I said, I read a lot and a long, long time ago, there was a, a book called the Delaney sisters, the first 100 years. And there were a couple of siblings, 102 and 104 who were kind of, you know, talking about their lives and their approach to life. Mm -hmm. And one of the little vignettes in the book was that they would intentionally invite people to dinner and then they would plan the menu and then they would um, record it, meaning not an audio recording, but they would record the date that they invited so-and-so to dinner, what they had to, to eat and what they talked about. Oh. And, and I thought, oh, that is, you know, that's kind of cool, right? You know, I mean, that's a way to kind of, you know, have the in-person and the journaling. And then I have another friend who, when she turned 50, made 50 dates and met someone once a week for coffee or cocktails or lunch or dinner or a walk and then um, recorded it. So these were, you know, these people obviously didn't know each other, <laughs> but it was the same. Same idea, same, different people. Same idea. <laughs> And so then I thought about, well, gosh, you know, if I want to meet someone, you know, I can reach out and, you know, say, hey, would you um, like to meet for coffee or a walk? Or perhaps we can talk after the departmental meeting. And, you know, they'll say yes or no. I mean, you can't be attached to the to the answer. But even if you do that seasonally, like one person a season, then that's four people in a whole year that you've you've spent time with that um, you didn't know before. And they'll, they'll remember that. I really love that. And I really love the intentionality of that strategy. And I appreciate that 50 might feel like a lot and maybe people listening aren't yet 50. So they're like, I'll wait till I turn 50 to do that one. But doing it even <laughs> seasonally, like you just described is really nice. Um, my partner, Andy, actually this was pre-pandemic, started having a lunch every month or so with somebody from the section that he worked in over at Harborview. And it was like a time to, you know, they're people that you already know, but it was a time to kind of get to know them in a different way and sit and, you know, break bread and just talk about life a little bit more. And I think that it's kind of similar to that, uh, that strategy, which I, I very much appreciate. I, I really like the, yeah, they're spontaneous moments and we want to take those spontaneous moments. And maybe there's some traits of being curious and being interested in other people that are, are true all the time. But the part where you're um, with some intentionality, kind of inviting people to, to, be with you and meet meet with you and learn about them. I I think that that's a really, really wise piece of guidance for folks. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's important to get together. People remember. People remember when you invited them over for dinner when they were new faculty, or people remember when um, you showed up for their grand rounds or their uh, recognition event. And it just builds the community, right? It's not transactional. It's it's supportive. It's It's being excited for them in terms of their award or recognition, or it's just like, oh, I just like to get to know you, you know, come over and, and meet my friends and have some conversation. And, you know, it just makes it easier the next time you see that person to wave and smile and say hello. Yeah, I appreciate the emphasis on like, there's value in building community. And actually, I think after the last few years, we need to refocus on building community. So I think that that's a really good point. I'll add that for me, and I've, I've watched you do this as well, one of the advantages of building your friendships and that network of people all around is for you kind of to, to meet people and learn about folks and maybe they'll partner with you in future efforts. But as we get older, it allows us to open doors for other people and make connections. And I find that to be one of the best reasons for me to network. I'm curious about your thoughts about that. Yeah, I am. I have three young adult children now, and I have learned so much from their interpretation of world events. I mean, sometimes, you know, a song comes on the radio, or I'll say all the time, song comes on the radio, and I don't, <laughs> don't recognize it. However, if there's something in the news, a headline, I'll read it one way based on my knowledge training skills and knowledge of historical events, and they'll have a completely different take on it. And I was like, huh, how can how can we you know have such different opinions on on you know these words and you know thinking about that it, it kind of opened it up it's like oh a lot of people perhaps think differently <laughs> than I do and I have to acknowledge that and you know listen to their perspective I don't necessarily have to agree one hundred percent of the time but I certainly have to realize that you know there's there's other uh, takes on on the same information out there. And, you know, sometimes it's generational and sometimes it's not. However, it does give me a lot of joy to, you know, someone ask me a question and I know the answer. And if someone asks me a question and I can help facilitate an introduction or I can give them advice regarding a course of action or I can write a letter of recommendation, or I can give them a cautionary tale. You know, it's it's all um, it's all based on on a trusting relationship that we perhaps developed, you know, earlier in the course of working together. Yeah, I think I I heard a bunch of different stuff, but yeah, that that ability to open a door or make a connection is really important. But I also heard you say, one of the reasons to build your network and find these different folks is they have different perspectives. And that's really valuable to hear those different perspectives and and have those those different lenses part of kind of what we see and hear on a regular basis, which is another reason to kind of broaden that reach of folks you know. So I really, I, I appreciate that as well. Um, any last pearls in this space? Because I think you probably do this somewhat effortlessly, even though you said you've done it with intentionality. I'm curious if you have any other guidance for folks as they think about how do I find those people in this community and how do I keep engaging and creating community around me? Well, I would start with uh, 
just saying hello to people you don't know. I think sometimes it's easier to do it when you're kind of out of your usual ecosystem versus when you are at work. But when you're traveling, you know, you have to talk to strangers all the time in order to get around. And so you might take that opportunity to not only ask, you know, how do I get to, you know, this restaurant or the show or this museum, but say, tell me a little bit about, you know, your perspective on that or your, your history with that. And you may never see that person again in your whole life. However, you had a nice interaction with them. I remember one time I was standing on the curb waiting for a parade to go by. And I had the best conversation with the person next to me who told me all about the history of the town and the history of the parade and what it was like to live there now versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago. And I just thought I enjoyed it much more than just the spectacle of, um, of the floats going by. I love that story. And I love the kind of genuine curiosity about the folks around you. And I, I'm going to take that forward because sometimes I can kind of fall into being in a cocoon. And I think the times when I push myself outside of it, I always am grateful that I did, but it's easy to default to not doing so. And, and just listening to you tell that story and all your other insights have inspired me to personally do this a little bit more as well. So thank you for the inspiration for me. And I, sus I suspect for other listeners as well. Yes. In the, in the modern vernacular, it's like being seen. People want to be seen. And it's easy to do that when you say hello. Okay. I think that that's a great last pearl. Help people be seen and say hello. Say yeah. hello to the folks around you. I really like that a lot. Michelle, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I am confident that the listeners will learn a lot from this conversation. I think you're going to motivate people out there to go out and say hello and be curious about the people around them. So thank you very much. Alrighty. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun talking. And for everyone out there to listen to more episodes of Thrivecast, you can find them at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find them on the UW School of Medicine faculty website at faculty.udubmedicine.org. Thanks for listening and have a great day. <music>